0: If you grew up in or around Toronto, Canada, you will have heard this story. It was horrifying and on a devastation scale that has never been equaled since. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. Toronto did suffer Hurricane Hazel, but what happened here was a horror story that was very close to totally erasing Toronto forever. This Day in weather history. The Great Fire of Toronto in 1904 destroyed a large section of downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada on April 19th of that year. It was an otherwise quiet evening in the heart of Toronto's mercantile area. There were no dwellings back then in this area, so the streets were primarily abandoned for the day as everything was shut up by 6pm. Remember, it's 1904. The fire was first spotted about 8 o'clock that night, just shortly after that, by a Toronto police constable who was walking his regular street patrol. He saw flames rising from an elevator shaft in the building that was home to the E.N.S. Curry Limited's neckwear factory at 58 Wellington Street West, just west of Bay Street. Now, I'm really specific on where it is for a reason, because history buffs will know that this is actually the current site of the massive TD bank towers that is also featured in tons of films and TV shows portraying Wall Street, New York City. But back in 1904, it was a textile factory and back then it was situated at the center of a large industrial and commercial area. So it was more central than it is today as there are now (laughs) so many central areas to the downtown Toronto core as it is. This was a multi-alarm fire call that actually involved a total of 17 fire halls, two engine companies and one hose company. They came from stations as far away as Hamilton, Ontario, as well as Buffalo, New York to help save Toronto the glow of the fire could be seen for miles in all directions, and it took close to nine hours to get it under control. Mystery still surrounds this tale because they never did establish the exact cause of the fire, but there was speculation involving a faulty heating stove or an outstanding electrical problem. Both of those could do it pretty quickly. Heck, back then, it could very easily have been any number of causes, and I dare say there was likely not a real crack team of investigators with any amount of technology to help get to the bottom of anything, really. I mean, I'm only suspecting. Hey, I only know what I watch on Murdoch Mysteries, okay? Remember that this day in weather history can be enjoyed a number of ways. Right now, you are listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider. But there is also the daily podcast video short. They are shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective. And oftentimes, they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. Okay, I just gotta ask, did the weather help or hinder this inferno? For starters, the weather in Toronto on the evening of April 19th of 1904 was cold and blustery, quote end quote. The temperature was minus four celsius about 25 fahrenheit but the winds were howling at close to 50 kilometers per hour also known as 30 miles per hour and they were coming out of the frigid northwest and there were snow flurries to boot that would have helped prevent a spread of the fire but it did nothing in the way of helping the firefighters on the scene at all, now having to battle the cold and the freeze of the water with a wind chill like that. Firefighters and equipment continued to pour in after Hamilton and Buffalo arrived on the scene. They were joined as the night wore on by help from Niagara Falls, Brantford, London, and Peterborough. By the time the fire was finally out, there had been over 250 firefighters who joined in helping fight the blaze, A total estimated amount of water used was between nine and a half and 11 million liters. That's between two and two and a half million gallons of water. With citizens all out of the area anyway, the injuries were limited to the first responders only. In all, there were five injuries, including fire chief John Thompson, who broke his leg in a fall, and it claimed the life of one victim, John Croft, who was an explosive expert killed while clearing the ruins from the fire. As for the city, it gouged out a large hole in the heart of Toronto's downtown core, destroying more than 100 buildings. A few buildings in the nearby vicinity survived, including the Bank of Montreal building at Young and Front, Customs House and their warehouse, and the Toronto Evening Telegram building. In all, it was estimated to have caused ten million three hundred eighty-seven thousand nineteen o four Canadian dollars but that paled actually in comparison with the long-term economic effects because of the 5,000 people that were now out of work. Imagine this. At the time, the city's population was only 200,000, so this effect was felt far and wide. As a result of the fire, more stringent safety laws were introduced and the city made the move to expand the city's fire department force after what almost erased the city of Toronto this day in weather history. Tomorrow is April 20th, and this story It's just not fair. It's like totally offside. The winter snow had barely melted in southern Ontario when two F3 tornadoes ripped through the region on a Saturday when everyone was likely looking forward to finally doing something outdoors. Those plans were changed dramatically tomorrow on This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May.